This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, April the 14th. And we come to you off a... Another disappointing loss to the Mets. Back-to-back disappointing losses after the thrilling comeback victory on Monday. The series goes awry as the Phillies lose two of the last three, lose two of three overall, lose the series, first series loss of the season, and a disappointing one. And there's a lot to get into with it, just a... um, a really, a really no show of a performance from the Phils yesterday. They lost nine to six, but it really felt like nine to one. Yeah, you know, once they were down eight one, all the runs just felt somewhat meaningless. I know they fought back. I know, you know, they they didn't give up and all that stuff, but it just it didn't feel like the Phillies showed up yesterday in a game where Max Scherzer was on the hill, and you know, it felt like a, a big early season spot for this team, especially you think about. Coming off the two nights before, obviously the thrilling victory. I hope that spurs a team into action. It clearly did not as they get shut out the next day. But you look at, at the, the next night, the 2 nothing shutout, and the, the standing ovation for Alec Boehm after, you know, the I bleep and hate this place thing the night before, the beautiful moment for Philadelphia really, you know, I think we all know the kind of uh, national crap we get on a daily basis or whenever anything happens in this city we just get crushed for it and it was a really nice message you know the national message to to the national media to the national fans to all that stuff that hey you know what we're actually pretty great here and you know as long as you stand up and take accountability for your actions we're gonna forgive you even if you say you bleep and hate us the dude said i bleep and hate you and we said, you know what, pal? We appreciate you owning it. Thank you. You're good. It was an awesome thing. It was an awesome moment. Nick Castellanos came out after the game two nights ago and talked about how incredible it was and how everything you're led to believe about Phillies fans when you're from outside this city is is wrong and how great these fans are and how special that was. And then you go out the next day and leg an egg against Max Scherzer. That's what's so frustrating. You know, it felt like, really, it's it has felt like the last few years, whenever this team has those type of moments, those type of thrilling or or um, potentially team-building type moments, you know, they, they, 
They just never seem to capitalize. You know, and we've had them so many times. The Luke Williams home run last year, the Bryce Grant slam the year before, like so many spots, the bra- the bamboo, the the hat, like all these things where it's felt like, you know, they're trying to make something happen and trying to get some sort of positive vibes going and, and then they come out the next day and lose. It's like clockwork. It's just so consistent, so frustratingly consistent with this team. And look, I it, it's six games into the season. They're three and three. I am far from freaking out. I, I really am. You know, look, I think when you look at the first six games, the pitching's been pretty good outside of one guy who we're going to get to. And, you know, Ranger didn't look great, but Ranger, you know, uh, didn't have a, a long spring and is behind all that. So, you know, I'm okay with that. But the pitching's been good. The bullpen's been really good. You know, outside of a couple bad showings, Damon Jones yesterday was rough and, and whatnot. But for the most part, you know, the guys you're going to count on have been good. Familia's been good. Canable back from the COVID IL, he's been good when he's pitched. Sir Anthony has, for the most part, been good. You know, at least it looks good. All that stuff. And then you get... Some really impressive showings from Nick Nelson and Chris Sanchez, even if they were left in the game just a bit too long by the manager, who is bad at his job, by the way. Joe Girardi, oh my God, I can't I can't wait till he's not the manager of the Phillies anymore. I'm just so unimpressed with everything I've seen from that guy, but we'll get to Girardi. Um, but I, I'm, not, I'm not panicking. The pitching's been good and the offense hasn't hit enough. I mean, I, I feel pretty confident that's not going to be a problem all year long. You know, this this team will hit. There are too many good hitters in this lineup, too many... Guys who who have proven it time and time again in the major leagues that they can hit at a consistent level. So I do think that water will find its level there with that. I do think the offense will be better. We'll feel better about the offense and thus about the team. But certainly yesterday was a, a bummer of a, a day, a bummer of an early season game. You know, you're you're split the first two games. You have the thrilling walk off, then you don't show up at all the next night. And then it's Scherzer Nola, and you know you feel like, all right, Nola Scherzer, a, a classic matchup. You know we all remember 2018, going back to when Nola was a stud, and that that matchup, and how great that game was, and and how um, you know we felt like Nola was was at that level. You know could could pitch with the Scherzers and the Degroms, and obviously since then it has been a a precipitous, steady decline, and. Yesterday, just a reminder of of what a problem Aranola is. You know, obviously, I think you come out of yesterday, the biggest takeaway is, man, I am legitimately concerned about Aranola. I think we've all had to adjust our expectations on Aranola the last few years. We've gone from, you know, 2018, he was a Cy Young contender, third in the voting, and rightfully so. It was, you know a top three that was light years at everyone else. I mean, Aaron Nola had a Cy Young caliber season that year. And it, and it looked it, too. You know, it wasn't just the numbers. You know, that's the thing with Nola. Like, last year, a lot of people are saying, oh, he got unlucky. Oh, look at the strikeout to walk. He's still, he's still getting guys to swing and miss. The stuff's there. He's fine. He's fine. It was just a bad year. No, we've watched this guy. Year after year after year after year, he's gotten worse significantly worse and it's always the same problems with this guy it's always the same we've seen two different versions of nola this season and they're both exactly what we expected you know based on the last couple years i mean game one pitches great for six innings looking good and then falls apart classic classic aaron nola 
And then yesterday, we see Nolan, the first quote-unquote big game of the season, going up against Max Scherzer, one of the great pitchers of a generation, in a Mets uniform, by the way. Real a quick aside, it is horrendous seeing Max Scherzer in a Mets uniform. I absolutely hate it. It makes my soul hurt. Like, really? They signed that guy? Not only does he stay in the division and we have to face him umpteen times a year again, but but the Mets... Max Scherzer's a Met. Really? Is that where we're at? Mm. So, you know, the first big game of the year, if you want to call it that, whatever. It's only six game of the season. Baseball's a marathon, not a sprint. The cliche, all that. And it's true. It really is true. You know, I said it yesterday, but, you know, if you look back in June or July even last year, they told someone, hey, you know what? The Braves are going to win the World Series this year. They would have laughed you out of the building. You know, they would have said, "What are you? What are you talking about? The Braves are terrible. They're under five hundred. What are we? What are you doing? What are you talking about?" So a lot can change over the course of a baseball season, and certainly a lot can change from Game Six to One Sixty Two. But yet again, in a spot where it feels like a big spot for the team, you know, coming off the loss, the you know, new year it feels like the offense is pressing a little bit. That's not another reason I'm not too concerned about them offensively, but. You know, you think if nothing else, Aaron Noll's going to keep you in a game against Max Scherzer. And I'm not saying we as Phillies fans thought that because, you know, we pretty much know what to expect with Aaron Noll at this point. I have so little faith in the guy. But, um, you know, just another spot where in a, in a big spot, so to speak, Noll shrinks up and shrivels up. I mean, Noll was awful yesterday. He was just bad. I mean, he looked, at least on opening day, you know, he looked good and it ended up falling apart for him and he was left in too long or whatever you want to say. But yesterday he was just horrendous. He gives you three and a third innings. Three hits, three walks, three earned. Left with the bases loaded, by the way. Should have been more. Sir Anthony Dominguez comes in and gets a double play to get out of the inning, which was huge because uh, you know, bases loaded one out when Noel leaves the game. Just a disastrous showing. A disastrous showing from Aaron Nola. It really was. And especially if you think about this team that's starting the season off with 13 straight games to start the season. They still don't have an off day for till a week from today. They're playing straight through till next Thursday. So the season started on la- last Friday, and they're playing all the way through two Thursdays. 13 straight days, almost two weeks of baseball start the season. You need more. You need more from Aaron Nola, especially coming off starts where Ranger and Wheeler's, Wheeler couldn't give you more, you know, five each, couldn't even come close. Wheeler, I mean, Ranger only, you know, a couple. You know, after that, on a run like this, you needed innings from Nola. You needed that dude to go out and give you six or seven. It's so important for this team. In that spot, against Max Scherzer, for Aaron Nola to just not suck. You know, you want him to be great. You want him to go out and deal. You want him to, to bring it for you. But 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 more than anything, you just need him not to suck. That is the, the key to it all. Don't suck today, Aaron. And what does he do? He goes out and sucks. He sucks again. And look, I'm at the point with Aaron Nola where I don't I don't trust him at all. At all. I don't want to see his face in a big game ever again, obviously. Might not be possible if this team's going to contend. Um, and look, you know, it does question, you know, I, I think, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on those other starters to be good. That's for sure. Because if this team's going to be a playoff team, they need more from Aaron Nola. That's for damn sure. I mean, he can't be that guy. They need more. I mean, they, they don't have enough if Nola's going to be horrible. 
And look, I, I don't think he's going to be that bad in every game. You know, he's going to have his, his really good games, particularly in the meaningless ones against bad teams, I'm sure. But um, yesterday was concerning in terms of Aaron Nola. I'm not concerned about the team. I'm not worried that, and I get it, you know, I'm not worried that the same old Phillies. I mean, that's definitely the feeling. Any Phillies fan who watched that game yesterday came out of it with a, with a bit of a same old Phillies feel. You know, here we go again. You know, get back on the ride. It's going to be the same ride, and they're going to take you to the same spot, and you're going to be really disappointed when it's over yet again. I get it. Certainly feel that. I think every Phillies fan feels a, a part of that, saying, man, this is uh, familiar. This is sadly too familiar. But I, I'm not I'm not there. I'm not ready to, you know, ring, ring the uh, ring the alarm or whatever, you know, I'm not there yet. I, I do still have faith in this team. It's super early. You know, it's a frustrating series, but I, I do think they'll be okay. But I do think it is fair to, you know, sound the alarm about Aranola to really be concerned. And it's early in the season, but it's it's the same things, right? It's it's two and a half years of the same things over and over and over again. It's not again, like when I talk about the offense and say I'm not worried, it's because it's six games and Bryce Harper and Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins and all these guys have shown that they're going to hit. You know, they're not going to be this bad for a while. Like, you know, is it possible that the offense isn't what we expected it to be? Of course. Of course it is. But is it going to be better than what we've seen? Of course. Absolutely it is. Aaron Nola might not be. You know, this might be the Aaron Nola we get. You know, looks good in a start, looks bad in a start, looks okay in a start, looks okay in a start, looks bad in a start, looks good in a start. Like, I just... I don't expect consistency from Aaron Nola. I don't expect him to be a, a major contributor to this team if it's going to make a playoff run, and that's concerning. That's concerning. You know, Aaron Nola's one of those guys, if you come into the season and say, you know, there's an X-factor guy for this team, this is someone who, you know, if he gives you this high-end performance, it's going to make such a difference. If he gives a low-end performance, it's going to make such a difference. The other way, he's one of those guys. And so far, so bad. With Aaron Nola, so far so bad. As uh, you know, I'm 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 concerned because it's been multiple years of this, and he just doesn't have it a lot of times. And yesterday was again a big spot to not have it, both from the opponent you're playing, the pitcher you're pitching against, and of course the situation the team is in from a scheduling perspective. Again, four, 13 straight days to start the season without an off day, like. That taxes your bullpen. It really does. And I think Joe Girardi has done a just disastrous job managing the bullpen this whole time. I think he leaves guys in too long. He has no feel for trying to, to keep a game in, in in you know range. You know, it felt like he got lucky with Nick Nelson. He put Nick Nelson in that game saying, All right, we've lost this game. I'm going to save my pitchers. That's what Joe Girardi was doing in that game. A hundred million percent. That's what he was doing. He was saying, We lost. I'm going to save my pitchers. I'm going to just throw Nick Nelson out there and see how long he can go. And even when he comes out for his fifth inning of pitching, and, and he's just cooked. Like, the dude that was hitting 92, he was hitting like 97 earlier in the game. He was cooked at that point. And Girardi's like sitting there looking at his binder like, what are you doing, Joe? What are you doing? Chris Sanchez, same thing, left him in too long. Nola, on opening day, left him in too long. Wheeler, in his start, left him in too long. It just feels like Girardi has absolutely zero feel for this. Zero. It's actually shocking. 
I am shocked that this guy has such a horrendous feel for his pitchers, for when he needs to make changes, for who can pitch each day, all that stuff. How did he win a World Series? Honestly, I, I'm i flummoxed by it. I, I I don't get it. I don't get how JoJo... I mean, the a, a good team. Yes, talent won him a World Series. That's how. But he's a bad manager. He's just a flat-out bad manager. He's bad at his job. I, I He needs to go. And look, we got a season out of us, and if they make the playoffs, and things will change. But I do think it is telling that Dave Dombrowski let him go into the season as a lame duck manager. You know, I mean, that is telling. It really is. Go out and earn it. You know, he wasn't Dombrowski's guy. Let's not forget that. Dave Dombrowski came after Joe Girardi. Dave Dombrowski did not hire Joe Girardi. So, you know, um, I, I think it's notable that he's making him go in a lame duck year this year. And so far, Girardi is certainly not. You know, fought the the impression that that we are or potentially Dombrowski had of him, and he's been bad. He's been very, very bad, and it's hurting the baseball team. But yesterday, the big the big story is Aaron Nola being bad. Um, it just they needed more, and he didn't have it. And then it taxes the bullpen. Sir Anthony ends up going an inning in a third, gives up a run. Damon Jones gives up two runs in two thirds of an inning. Connor Brogney give up two third two runs in two thirds of an inning. Alvarado gives a clean inning. Bailey Falter gives up one run in two innings. Kept faltering an inning too long. When they did make it a game, um, you know, they go down one nothing in the third, then 3 nothing, 3 nothing in the fourth. Then Nola gets pulled through and think it's mad of it. They get a run back on a stat single in the fourth. Then Pete Alonzo, who was, you know, the bane of our existence for this game, uh, another RBI double, his second of the game, makes it 4-1. to one. And they get another in the sixth to make it five to one. Then Pete Alonzo makes it eight to one with a three run shot in the sixth. And it was over then. The Phillies did claw back, you know, credit Bryson Stott and RBI ground out, Matt Veerling and RBI ground out. It's eight to three all of a sudden. Then in the seventh, they had two more and Nick Castellanos double. Castellanos loves those doubles. RBI double makes it eight to four. And then a Alec Bohm sack fly makes it eight to five. Hit the ball hard too. Um, but then uh, we get to the ninth, and the Mets tack on another one, making it nine to five. Bryce Harper's first home run of the season in the bottom of the ninth with two outs didn't matter, you know, nine to six loss. But you know, I guess nice to see Bryce hit something heading into Miami. You know, he's been so cold, so struggled so much. It was nice to see him, you know, take one the opposite way and get it out of the park. But um, they fought back. You know, credit to the offense, it did feel. Meaningless. It didn't feel at any point like they were actually going to win the game on like on Monday night, where it was like, "Oh my God, they might win this thing." It never, never felt that way yesterday. But still, they did fight back. But Aaron Nola put him in too big a hole, and Joe Girardi put him in too big a hole. And Connor Brogdon and Damon Jones were horrible to the point where they both got sent down after the game. After the game, um, they optioned Brogdon, optioned Damon Jones. They recalled James Norwood. Uh, there should be another move today. It looks like Gene Segura got hit in the hand uh, or wrist late in the game. Is day-to-day, so he should be okay. He said it wasn't too bad. It did go numb at first, but um, he's okay. There was a little feistiness with that, which I did look. I like a little Phillies Mets feistiness. Out of all this stuff that came out of this this series, Buck Showalter getting pissed off that that these Mets guys were getting hit, and I do not think it was on purpose. I mean, it'd be really dumb if in the situations Phillies pitchers were hitting guys that that it was purposeful. I would be really disappointed with the team if that were the case. But Showalter got all fired up. You know, Gene Segura gets hit. There, it seems like there's some a little bit of bad blood between these two teams, and I love that, man. Give me that. Give me more of it. Let's hate the Mets the way we used to because 
Um, I hate the Mets. Oh, I hate the Mets. I hate them. I hate them. And yesterday it felt like the Phillies hated them a bit too, and the Mets hated the Phillies, and I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for a little tempers flaring in a rivalry game like that. But ultimately those moves made after the game, we'll see what happens as they head down to Florida. Big series in Florida this weekend. Um, a four-game set starting tonight. We'll get into that in a sec. But ultimately a, um, a, a very, very disappointing, very disappointing showing from the Phillies yesterday and they fall to three and three now before we uh get into looking ahead to tonight's game and you know the weekend coming up and all that uh one quick thing around baseball yesterday we got to mention is um yesterday clayton kershaw goes seven perfect innings clayton kershaw seven innings 13 strikeouts 80 pitches perfect and dave roberts pulled him out of the game and look, I know Clayton Kershaw had his manager's bag after the game, so it's the right move to pull me. I know Clayton Kershaw's injury history. If you look through, I get it. He's been hurt a lot lately, you know, in forearm stuff and this and that. And I get it, man. I get it. But there have been 23 perfect games in the history of baseball. 23. Jeff Passon put out a tweet yesterday. There are 200 and, over 220,000 starts in the history of the sport. 220,000. And there have been 23 perfect games. And Clayton Kershaw, who is an all-time great, a Hall of Famer who's done everything you can do in this game. He's thrown a no-hitter. He's won an MVP. He's won a Cy Young. He's won the World Series. He's done it all. There's nothing left on Clayton Kershaw's baseball bucket list other than a perfect game. And he was at 80 pitches. 80. It's not like he was at 180. What are we doing? And I don't know if it's analytics. I don't know if it's purely health. I don't know what it is. But it sucks, and it's bad for baseball. Like, we're going too far with this stuff. We're going too far. I get it. I get it. Keep him healthy. It's fine. Use eight pitches. 80. Let the dude go for a perfect game. Skip his next two starts if you have to. It's worth it. You're the Dodgers. You got a 1,000 guys you can bring up to make starts. Clayton Kershaw had a chance at history. At history. And the stat going around yesterday that there have only been two pitchers in the history of baseball who have gone seven perfect innings and gotten taken out of a game. And it was Dave Roberts who took him out both times. It was Rich Hill and Clayton Kershaw. At least Rich Hill was like a thousand years old when he did it. But seriously? Seriously? Oh, it's such an embarrassment. It really bugs me to my core, to my soul. I'm so bummed about it as a baseball fan. And again, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there saying, it was the right decision. Injuries. I get it. Sure. Like, was it smart? In quotes, probably. I get it. Who cares? 23 ever. In a hundred and whatever years of baseball, there's been 23. And it's Clayton freaking Kershaw. Let him finish it out. Let him try and finish it out. It's just, it sucks. It sucks for baseball. It really does. And Dave Roberts sucks. He's a bad manager too, but it's just, it's it's very disappointing. It's very disappointing because baseball is an awesome game. It's a great game. And, 
you know, you don't get the chance to see history like that that often, obviously 23 times. And when it's one of the best ever to do it, or certainly the best of a generation who has a chance to, to make history like that. And, and again, it's not obscene. He's at 80 pitches. I know it's early in the season, but he's at 80 pitches. Let him finish it. I, I was really bummed by that. It sucked. And I, again, I think it was bad. I think it was flat out bad for baseball if that happened. And that this is where we're at with baseball. That, you know, analytics or health or whatever take precedent over history. You know, and I get health, but I mean, come on, he's at 80 pitches. So, all right. Uh, look ahead. Again, a massive series in Miami. If, if you could say that massive early series, but need to write the ship. And again, you know, these terms get used massive, this and that, all that. And I get it. That is the first week of the season. And it's a long season. Like I said last year, I don't think the Braves were over 500 in June, were they? You know, it took a while for them to even get to 500. The Nationals, the year the one that won the World Series, we, we all know that story. Through 50 games, they were what, like 10 under or whatever it was, you know? So, um, a lot could change. I'm not going to freak out. But it is, you'd like to see them in a place they've played so bad the last few years in Miami. Bounce back and bring it. Uh, big one tonight. Gibby! Philly's best pitcher so far by miles. Kyle Gibson on the hill against Sandy Alcantara, who's nasty. So maybe the bats don't wake up too much tonight. Tomorrow's Eflin versus Pablo Lopez. Ranger Suarez against Rogers on Saturday. And then Zach Wheeler against Hernandez on Sunday, big series for the Bills. You know, go into Miami and win a, win a few games. Take three or four against Miami, against a Miami team in Miami that you always, always, always struggle against. That'd be a nice spot for this team. I would feel really good with this team coming home or going, you know, on the road, going to Colorado or whatever. But I would feel really good about this team if they can win three or four this weekend. So let's see it happen. Either way, whatever happens tonight, we'll be back to talk about Gibby and his showing in Miami tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t